be simply me, no matter what, nothing else matters. The podcast for personal inspiration, being you again and we much more, simply you, no matter what, nothing else matters. Angela Talent has this belief, we are all valuable, no matter our capacity. She genuinely loves the world and wants to make it possible for everyone to get to have the full human experience, whatever that looks like for them. She's the mother of two, and at the age of 35, she was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, which robbed her of the use of her hands and limited her ability to walk. At the beginning of 2021, she realized she could use her ability to listen and have meaningful conversations to show the world how unique, beautiful every human is. She is currently using the podcast platform for her podcast called Relatively Damaged to help show through conversation that we all have some damage or some challenge, and yet we are all perfect in those challenges. Hello to my podcast, Be Simply Me, No Matter What and Nothing Else Matters. And I'm totally delighted that you have that I have a special guest today. And I love your name, by the way. It's Angela Talent. Welcome. Thank you, Bernadette. I am so glad to be on your show. Now, I think you said you wanted me to introduce myself. Do you want to wait? Want me to wait? Or... <laughs> As, you, as everybody knows themselves the best, I would love that you introduce yourself, please. Thank you. Yeah. And also, where do you come from? That you also mention, uh, please. Of course. Yes, I come from California in the States. So uh, far, far away from you, unfortunately, because otherwise I think we would be friends. <laughs> we would met. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny because I've, I used to, you know, say that, uh, you know, I have, I, I do, I have a neurological disorder. And then, you know, I've decided also that I can identify as a T-Rex. But at the end of the day, the neurological disorder that I have impacts my, my hands and causes me significant amount of pain. And at the end of the day, still, I'm, I'm a human on this earth with having this very human experience with challenges and struggles and accomplishments and um, celebrations and all of those things. But uh, so right now, mostly to, to help make other people's lives better and to reach out and recognize that we all experience trauma. I have my podcast called Relatively Damaged, where we literally, there are so many different traumas and the emotions behind them are just, they're, they're beautiful. Yes, they are miserable in those moments. And yet they are so beautiful when people come to see themselves as whole and love who they are. That's why we actually, I was already on your podcast only for my audience. I love the wording relatively damaged. When I read it the first time and also saw the picture with it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like me. I have to, I have to write you. I want to be on your podcast because what is normal, what is not normal. And if you see all the diseases and all the diagnosis and everything else, I'm like, 
Is there any person out there who is actually normal nowadays? We're all kind of damaged. I I don't know. It's but that's what I see. Yeah, and I 100% agree with you. No one. I don't think anyone has not been through damage and or trauma. And I think if if people say they haven't experienced it, it's probably along the sociopath or psychopathic lines because it, it, trauma and damage is, it, is something that happens inside of me or inside of you. And it's that experience that I don't get to judge whether or not you've had trauma. Chances are you have, you've, you've experienced that. And so have I, and I think owning it and loving that part of me that maybe didn't have the best coping skills at the time or used tools that didn't pan out. I just did the best I could in those moments. And I still do the best I can in those moments. And I think most of us are doing the best we can. You, you said something so beautiful. At the end of the day, I'm a human being. And as more as I work with other people and being in exchange and communicate with them, I'm like, at the end, we are all human being. Yeah. And we're isn't all that connected. Beautiful. It's so beautiful. And the connection. Like, if I look at you and recognize you as part of me, that's that's one level. But someone brought it to another level for me. I think it was, I was watching an interview of uh, Thomas Hubel. I think I say, I'm saying that right. And uh, he brought it to the next level and said something like, you experience me inside of you and I experience you inside of me. And it goes back to that saying, I am who I think you think I am, but on the next level. And it, it, it's so, who would you be without your diagnosis or your challenges? I, I see that's, the, that's exactly what I'm saying. I am still, I am, regardless of the challenges, regardless of the, of the pain and the suffering, mm-hmm. I am still me and I think that that's one of the hardest things to recognize for for people who don't have visible disabilities. That when when we walk uh, when walking up to someone, whether they're in a wheelchair or something, there's this assumption that they're less than human. That that they need more. When in reality, we have a voice, we have this capacity, we are very much fully 100% human, just with a different challenge. Do you want to tell our audience what, what kind of challenge that is? Because I'm pretty sure not a lot of people know about a CRPS. Right. So CRPS is a neurological disorder that causes... Um, well, pain, complex regional pain syndrome is what it's called. It has deformed my left hand and and then to some extent, not as bad as the left hand, my right hand is also deformed. 
and I also have it in my legs. So it's probably the most fun explanation, if you will, to describe what, what happens with my hands. When this first started my, my left, it started in my left hand and it would blow up like a club hand. So it literally looked like, uh, you know, a, a glove in the doctor's office. When you blow it up, it, it looked like that. It would get hot. It would, then it would go back down and look blue and purple. And, you know, it still does that, not to the same extent as it used to. I have nail bed changes. Uh, my skin is that papery uh, skin. There's my nails are really weird. I don't know how to explain them. You know, sometimes they're papery thin, sometimes they're hard. Um, you know, like even right now, my nail beds are purpley. You know, and and I'm my extremities are cold and and uh, there's some pain. Um, and I get to wear compression socks every day, which is just fantastic because, you know, I don't get to wear, I mean, I could wear pretty dresses, but you know, it's still, I don't know, to me looks kind of funny if you've got <laughs> compression socks on. <laughs> so I, I stick to the long dresses, but um, really it's a, it's a neurological disorder that at the end of the day, is just not a lot of fun. You are, you have children. I do. Two How? teenagers now. And this started when they were six and eight. Mm -hmm. So now they're 16 and 18. So it's been 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I also have caregivers that help me because it's my hands that don't work. And one of the neat things about having caregivers and children is learning to set clear boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask. How is it? Because it's just different. And as many people without any visible disorder, as you said, in, uh, we, we cannot imagine not have, and using our hands or feet or old things. Yeah. Um, and probably a lot of people asking, how can you handle your household and also the children and all the things? And do you have maybe different challenges than normal parents so the worst word now yeah. but yes that thank you no I don't think so I mean I've got caregivers which help with the tasks and things like that I would say the the additional challenge I might have just from having caregivers is you know learning to set the boundary of the children need to ask me first If, because I need to maintain that I am the parent, not, I'm not turning over care of the children in, to the caregiver. So if the children needed help with something and I couldn't do it, it was my job to engage the caregiver to come help us and not to give it over to my caregiver. Um, you know, I still, it is a little more challenging going places, but that, you know, I mean, you know, going to Disneyland is always going to be more, I haven't been to Disneyland actually since I've had this disability, but I did call and found out that if going to Disneyland, I have to pay for the caregiver too. So, um, and then yet I don't get to enjoy the same, the same thing. So it's, it's try, trying to figure out what, and, and besides that, the noise would be a lot for me. With that said though, 
learning to find joy in the little moments and still showing up. I mean, my inclination is to say that parenting is so much more from the heart than it is from any physical task that I could ever do. And that if I can help the children feel safe and supported, then I've done my job as a parent. Yes. There are so many parents out there who is exactly miss exactly those parts. Yeah, because I the physical things are that that's that's what our world I think our world is really tied to, you know, go do this, be in this sport, be in this sport, do this dance, do this, do this. And forget that 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 quiet time and being together instead of rush, rush, rush and having time to find peace is actually really important to kids because it's if you're not taught how to be okay in those quiet moments, then that processing doesn't, something doesn't happen in our body. We don't, we need that, those, those boring moments and those boring times. And in fact, I think that's a lot of times when we can hear that silent voice of our heart or we get those aha moments is when we're quiet enough to hear it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is there something what you miss I do. Well, yeah. I mean, I loved going on hikes. I loved, I mean, I used to crochet. I did so many things. I think the hardest part for me was not feeling like I had a purpose. And since I have the podcast and I'm able to have conversations with people and then the caregivers help edit and things like that, now I feel like I have a purpose. So now that I have that sense of giving back to the world, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I miss as much. Whereas before I figured out how to do that, or before we figured out how to do that, there was a, a huge sense of loss and like almost what am I doing here? besides reading, because I did, a, I do a lot of reading. Um, and then I would, of course, uh, be, become like an emotional support to my caregivers, <laughs> because that's just who I am, and, and to the kids and things like that. But beyond me, it was like um, losing the capacity to, to go where I wanted to, when I wanted to. It kind of takes me back to, um, Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, where it, my world exists inside my mind and I can still have purpose in my mind. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that the right way, Bernadette. <laughs> But it's so interesting since COVID-19 and also a little bit before, this book was so much profound for many people because they were looking for the purpose. Yeah, and it always begins with the mind and with the heart, in my opinion, uh, finding the uh, your purpose. And sometimes healthy people have no, they they, they never find the purpose at all. Yeah, yeah. So, what, and sometimes it takes that time. Mm -hmm. Like I think, in some ways, I was being prepared through the books and things I was reading, and I didn't even realize. Mm -hmm. this is where I would end up. Mm -hmm. 
What was your biggest dream or belief in what purpose would you have before everything started? That I would make a difference in the world. You know, I had been involved in the local chamber. I had started a, an enhancement committee in an old area of town. Like that always, I would always go back to those, to those memories of things that, and when I was, when I think about that joy of making a difference, of seeing people overcome challenges, of the feeling that happens when, oh, yes, I can do it, you know, like, I love seeing that. I love seeing people come together and realize that it's a, it's a team effort and everyone's got their, their part to play. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's been, I'm, I'm just glad I've, I've, that I'm doing the podcast now because it makes me feel good. And it, I, I really believe it. It helps make the listeners feel good that if I, if I learn something from every single podcast and then my caregivers also are like, Oh yeah, this is really interesting. Or, Oh, I learned so much, you know, when they're helping edit, then I know that everyone listening also learned something. And overall, I really hope with what, one of the things that I hope people get out of it is that the and empathy and understanding for, for every struggle mm. that, that happens and to see other humans, not just as frustrated or mad or angry or this or that, you know, or that there, that we don't have to just be one thing. We can be these con complex, beautiful creatures. By the way, in my opinion, you make a difference with the world. Thank you. With sharing your story and also with your, as I said, I love the title of your podcast, Relatively Damaged. And there's one thing, um, because the podcast is only um, uh, with for the year, it's podcast. Yeah. Um, you have a wonderful quote next to you. And I will read it. It's life is not about what you have. It's about who you are. Yes. Do you want to see a little bit more about it? Well, I think when we stand in who we are, who we were created to be, living with the, with our heart, that these material things don't matter. Sure, it's great to have a bed to sleep in and a and a roof over our heads. At the end of the day, though. I don't, if you were to ask me what my furniture was five years ago, I don't know, but I could certainly remember the feelings of the people I was around or how I felt about the people in my life at that time, maybe not a specific event, but those feelings. And I think that's, that's part of that, who we are is so much more on a spiritual level than, than on this uh, temporal or the, level in this quote unquote I guess in this reality for lack of a better word to put to it sometimes it's so interesting when I meet different people and you you said it before we have prejudices only because they weigh what they are dressing who, what they're wearing and how they look like and whatever did you ever felt yourself discriminate by that 
from others? I would say the, yeah, number one, yes. People, people look and wonder. I'd rather have people ask because then they're recognizing me as a human and they're not recognizing me as, as a deformed person, if you will. The, the biggest time in my life that I felt discriminated against, or I'm going to say shamed for my disability. I really felt shamed for my disability when, um, I had a a company come in, not the caregivers, but the company, um, the higher levels up came in and they had found out that we were taking the kids to school, which the manager had known about. And the, 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 anyway, the regional people came in and said, oh no, no, you can't, you can't put your kids in the car. I'm like, hold on a second. I've got to get my kids to doctor's appointments. I've got to get them to school. I've got to, you know, I actually have legal obligations in the state I live in to provide for their basic needs. And that's part of their basic needs is, is meeting those. And they were, they wanted me to pay additional money for the children and then wanted to charge me a minimum of an hour. So it was going to be a super expensive, um, like per day, it would cost me, I think we, I figured it out to be around a hundred and $40 a day just to, so that I could get the kids to where they needed to go. And, and I wasn't asking to turn over the care of the children. Like I said, it was just, I needed help completing the tasks because I do have children. And those are some two very different things. And this company, um, you know, it, and it's my hands. And I said, well, what if I want to try and get, you know, I was being a little bit of a smart ass, excuse my language, but what if I want to get that, uh, let's say there's a cobweb in the corner and I want to get a cobweb out from the, you know, I, but I can't do that. I need someone that has capacity to do so, to do it. They said, oh no, you need to call a house cleaning company. And I said, but I've got a caregiver sitting here waiting for me to need something. And you're telling them and me that they have to tell me no, and that I'm, I can't even ask for, so they were, they were taking me down to this, um, to a thing, to, to, to not even, a, to like an animal that, oh, you just need clean, bathed, and fed, and we'll make your bed, and that's all we're going to do, but we're going to sit here, and we're going to be here, and we're supposed to help you have a a human experience, but we're not going to treat you like one. That just didn't seem appropriate to me, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and that was, that was actually what led to, uh, that started the process of of coming up with the the podcast. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but, you know, my anger led me to, to move, and I remember one, one morning thinking, am I really going to do this? And I'm, I, I do my scripture studies and things like that. And I remember coming across a, a scripture that said, if you, uh, it's something to the effect of like, if, if you feel it in, I don't remember exactly, but very close to it is if you feel it in your heart, you've been called of God. Like if you have that burning in your heart, it's, you've already been called. You don't need someone to tell you you've been called to do something God will tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And for me, it's so it's so interesting. Um, I'm also seated people first on human level, because there's one thing what I say for many, many years, they show me everything else anyway. 
Yeah. With all That's the a good one. With the traumas and, and beliefs and values and shamings and whatever. And I, I say, but we are human beings. It doesn't matter yeah. that we, how we look like or what kind of challenges we have because we are all relatively damaged. And yeah, everybody every single has one of us. Yes. And sometimes, and I love what you said before, for some it's visible because it's a physical level, but you cannot see behind the walls what you see or a mask till, till it's not possible to hold on of the weird mask when we are not we. And how was it before? Do you see also a change of, of your character, of your behavior, of your the way you think between before and after? I'm certain, that, yes, that, that I mean, I don't think I could answer that without saying yes. I was already, I think one of those people that, like I said, I wanted to make a difference. I was out in the community. I, I'm certain I judged and and still judge. Like I can't say I don't because for crying out loud, I'm, darn it, I'm human. I'm human, yes, exactly. <laughs> You know, so instead of, you know, beating myself up for it now, maybe the difference is that I go, oh, gosh, ooh, I could see why you did that. Maybe that wasn't so helpful. And then just like loving, loving that part of me that did that to probably protect me from something or, or you know, maybe I was triggered in pain. So I think from from that perspective, it's probably changed you know, I have a really good friend of mine that, you know, whenever I, I, she's like, she's like a mentor to me. I mean, she's just really an amazing woman. And one of the things questions she's always asked me is, well, is that coming from love? You know, we all, and we can investigate and philosophize. And so what I try to remember is in my responses and in my reactions to things, is this really coming from love? You know, because love doesn't mean doing everything for everyone. In fact, it's actually really important to have self-care for myself. And because that at the end of the day shows love to them too, by setting clear boundaries and allows them to be who they are while keeping intact very much so the person who I am, which is just so important to find, to try and find that balance. And I think we do have to bump into each other's boundaries to figure out what is me and what is you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a a challenge. It's not the, (laughs) the bumping part is not always fun. And yet I think it's, it's, it's necessary. No one said that being a human is, is only fun. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's a journey. (laughs) Do you want to tell us more about uh really relatively damaged because he also had damaged parents yes so the idea behind damaged parents was um basically advocacy work for for those of us with disabilities who who struggle with with physical emotional intellectual disabilities etc and um that the idea behind that was you know, should I get it, everything up and running is, is to engage in policy change. I'm still in, I'm, don't get me wrong. We're involved with the policymakers in our area and making that change. It's, it's, so it's kind of, the website is kind of sitting there 
waiting in some sense for for that and we post the we post all of the podcasts to that and uh that so um let's see i don't think i've totally answered your question what was the other part with the damaged parents what is what is behind it and also relatively damaged so that description of what happened with the caregiving company is what started damaged parents. And in at the end of the day, what I realized was that even when I was physically capable, I was so insecure as a parent. I was always looking for how can I do this better? How, you know, reading books, there wouldn't be so many parenting books if I wasn't the only one out there <laughs> trying to be a better parent, you know? And so uh when I came to that realization using the words damaged and parents, it hit me because it's almost like calling out the elephant in the room because everyone thinks we're damaged, but as parents, we're not really damaged. We're not, if we can give that love from our heart. And I truly believe if every parent can and wants to provide for, for their children the best that they possibly can, right? Um, so, so originally I had said I was going to blog, um, and not thinking of how I think, you know, I used to type and I very kinesthetic ability, you know, that was how I, how I wrote Well, dictating is very different from, from writing. If you're a kinesthetic in how you do things. So, um, I had interviewed my, my coach and I couldn't remember everything. And so put together that and realized at that point, oh, you know what, blogging is not going to happen. I need to, to figure something else out. So I called a friend of mine who had a podcast and we, we learned how to do a podcast. And because I could have conversations and maybe that was good enough, you know? So that's, that's in fact how Relatively Damaged came about because I realized that what needed to happen was, you know, there are all these disabled parents out there. And if, if they're, you know, uh, made a hostage to their home and stuck, or like, it's almost like you could be on house arrest, depending if you have a good caregiving company or not, for the simple reason that you're disabled, which I just don't think is appropriate, that what we needed to do is reach out to, to, to people who are physically capable and able that, so that we could start making that move because until there's an understanding of what's necessary or what's needed, then I don't, or the, even that we're all similar, right? Until there's that understanding that whether my physical body works like yours or not, we're still similar and we needed to bridge that gap. That, so that is, that is one of the main goals of the podcast is to also bridge that gap that says, guess what? It's not, I am, it's, we are, and let's do this together. Yes. What's your biggest strength? That's a great question. <laughs> It's for me, it's always so interesting. Yeah. Focus on, on our weakness, if we are something capable or not. And so many people out there never focused on their strengths and especially women because they say, it's just normal anyway. No, 
No. What is, what is your biggest strength? Gosh, so I, I lately, I feel like it's having these fantastic conversations. And, and then next, and then the other thing is really continuing the, my ability to, to, to learn. I think I love to learn. I love investigating and understand, trying to understand new concepts and new things. And then putting things together that other people might not put together that all of a sudden it's like, huh, maybe that works, you know, like maybe just maybe, you know, the spiritual world and the science world do belong together. Yes. You know, like I, it's a lot of times I think science only proves things I already knew spiritually. Mm -hmm. I mean, the core science alchemy, there was everything included. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, someone said one day we have to separate it. Yeah. And yet it's the same with medicine. They want to separate us with the body and there's the mind and you need to go there and there and there. What if, like in other, and I think also in the Shaman or in other cultures, you go to, 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 to one person and they see you as whole? Yeah. And I think that we have lost that. And if you look at, I think if you look at society too right now, we're not only have we broken up like the doctors you were talking about, you've got your primary care who kind of does the whole thing. Then you've got your specialist here, your specialist there, you know, and it's broken up and it's been divided. We have been essentially divided into these groups. And then there's a lack of communication a lot of times amongst among those groups. And I think if you look at society, the same thing on a, on a much more global scale has happened. We've become divided into these groups and yet we're all part of the same, the same human race and separating that in is not really helpful. You know, it's like, find your tribe. But if I find my tribe and my tribe doesn't challenge my thinking and I don't get to rethink some of my ideas, then how will I learn and grow? Because yes. everybody in my tribe is going to think the same way. And that's not really healthy. Not at all. Not at all. That's why I love when I meet people who disrupt myself. And everything, yeah. what I believe in and all the things and give me different views on something what I've never considered. And I'm lucky enough having my best friend who is doing that every time when I meet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to admit, I still sometimes get frustrated and upset at the beginning. And then I really dig into it and I might be like, oh, okay, I could see that too, <laughs> you know? <laughs> is there anything what you want to give to our audience? I think that one of the most important things to remember is to breathe. You know, number one, own, own your damage. Love it. And sometimes in order to get there, you've got to take, you've got to slow down, put your hand on your heart and just breathe. And and ask yourself, be curious, who am I? What does the universe need from me today? What does God need from me today? And then prepare to be surprised because I don't think 
we always know. And sometimes our life takes us in a totally different direction than we anticipated. My disability being one of those things, it just, it just is. So yeah, I think uh, be unapologetically all of who you are, not just what you think is good. Yes, because be all of you. Yes, yeah, exactly. Just be, be simply. simply. No matter whatever what, that, nothing. Yes, whatever that means. Yes. Yeah. And even when it's hard to accept and love that part of you, it's it's also a part of you. But if if I start, if you start beating that part of yourself up, you're beating up the rest of you, and it makes it really hard then to get back to 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 balance. There's a reason and a purpose. Those. I'm going to um, say raunchy feelings or raunchy behavior, just because I think that's a fun word <laughs> <laughs> that they come up. Love them, understand them, and then decide what to do. Mm-hmm. How can people reach you? I am, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, all at Damaged Parents. Mm-hmm. I will I will share you all your links Thank with you. the podcast so that people can reach you out. And there is one thing and that exactly the same. I can see it. I want to have one of your t-shirts one day. I love the t-shirt. I love the logo. I want to have also on my t-shirt relatively damaged because there is one saying what I actually grew up and it was actually uh, a commercial and it said, aren't we all a little bit Bluna? And Bluna was back then a a lemonade. A lemonade. Okay. Um, And I, I still love this sentence when someone says, I'm just crazy at the moment. And I said, aren't we all a little bit? And aren't we all a little bit relatively damaged? Yeah. And, yeah. and what's normal anyway? True. Well, if you if your listeners want, they can go to www.damagedparents.com, go to swag, and they can order a shirt right there. There we go. Finally, I can order the t-shirt. <laughs> I will right away because I just love it. Um, and also for all the other ones, it's just just be just be simply you no matter what, and nothing else matters. Thank you very much, Angela. Thanks, Bernadette. You simply are more than you think, but feel, see, hear, and know.